Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we hitch a ride down Hospitality Highway. Danny, tell me, what's new? Tim just wants to hear me talk because he thinks my voice sounds way different yeah, well, than usual. Well, we're in a situation where Danny maintains that this is his normal voice. This is my speaking. voice. Yeah. Say, uh, say the preamble. <laughs> you have to... Welcome to Joiners. This is my voice. All right. I think the listeners are now, well... Either either vomiting or coming to terms with the fact that you're <laughs> very, very ill in the recording studio today. Hopefully not vomiting hearing my voice. Yeah. That's very sad, Tim. Are you... Make me cry. <laughs> Are, were you shouting? <laughs> Do you have an ailment? What's... No, tell I, me. I think that my voice sounds normal right now. Okay. But we'll leave it to the listeners to comment, DM us, tell Tim that he's crazy. Yeah. All right. Maybe maybe I'm being gaslit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Merriam-Webster word of the year, I think. Gaslighting. No, it wasn't. It was goblin mode. No? What? Goblin mode is just a random new phrase. But I think gaslighting was the word of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Pretty sure. Well, or I, am I, I gaslighting I wouldn't you? be gaslighting you if I told you that this week's guest was a good one. She was. Um, Who we, do we have in the studio, Danny? We had Dinah Grossman. Don't say Dina. Because it's no. not Dina. It's, it's Dinah. It's Dinah. Now of you know. Spinning J. Of Spinning J fame. Uh, a very important culinary institution of Humboldt Park. Yeah. Early adopter into the neighborhood. She lived there. And it seemed like a natural uh, natural place to open her shops. Yeah. Started out more as like a, like a soda shop. Yeah. It was like a soda fountain uh, and bakery. And then kind of evolved into yeah. what it is today. With a very cool story on where they got some of the furnishing. Absolutely. No spoilers there. And she is riding high as well, considering... Yeah, coming off a big win on Good Morning America. Her pie, the cranberry yuzu pie, which Danny and I enjoyed, uh, won like national recognition on Good yeah, Morning America. Yeah, best pie. Yeah. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Diana Grossman. Tell us about how that pie contest came. Tell to us be. about the whirlwind that is your life. The past. <laughs> yeah. when, when did this? When did this whole thing start? When did I become really how many, famous? How many yeah. press junkets do you do a day? I mean, this is my first of the day. All but, right. A few um, more scheduled. Well, it is four a.m. Exactly. So. <laughs> East Coast time. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a call or an email, I guess, from Good Morning America, like a couple months ago, and they said we're doing this contest is this something you'd potentially be interested in participating in so they sought you out they sought us out and uh they sent me some clips they were like this is you know the format and had they done it before they did it with barbecue and mm. burgers nice so this and th this contest was called uh Good Morning America's United States of Pie. United States of Pie. So yeah. is it the United States of Barbecue? And the United, was it, is that a Something like theme? that, I think. Okay. That, yeah. So they go around. Very patriotic. I wonder who won the barbecue one. I should know. Did you that, drape yourself on an American flag as you were competing? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to get brownie points. Yeah, exactly. No, they, um, they did, they wanted to, you know, time it to be a before Thanksgiving thing. So obviously that was the worst possible time for us as a pie bakery and yeah. they're like we're learning this is a bad time for all of you so like we'll, <laughs> we'll keep this call short but um 
so yeah, they interviewed us over the phone or interviewed me over the phone and um, and asked who else they should be talking to in Chicago. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, you know. I'm the only pie shop in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out, yeah, I'm the I, first and only. I'm the only one. No, I, I told them, told them we're all friends, told them they should talk to Michael over at Bang Bang and um, Paula and... They they said, oh yeah, we've already talked to. They I don't know why they asked me. They already talked to everyone. So <laughs> they're humoring uh, you. Yeah, exactly. It was a test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we didn't hear back for a couple weeks. Um, and they called back and said, well, we chose you. And who's your mama? And um, here's how it's going to work. You're going to show up at Timeout Market. And how did they? narrow down the list yeah what's the criteria no idea like did you have your recipe at that point and was it a specific pie they asked us what we wanted to compete with they didn't really care so in your mind were you kind of ranking your pies in your head you're like well they said this is the one i'm sending into battle we want it to be seasonal okay and i thought well, this is television, so what's going to be visually most interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that You're like was, the user plants are in full bloom exactly, in Chicago. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we have our own cranberry bog. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really care. And that's, I mean, no one else makes it. Why wouldn't we use that one? Yeah. Um, what I didn't realize at the time is that were we to win, we would be asked to make a million of our most time-consuming, labor-intensive labor oh, yeah, pie. the laborious so, pie, yeah. as it's come to be known. <laughs> yeah, the laborious pie. But, um, yeah, so we, we went to the the West Loop uh, on the 17th, and that was, like, the the face-off with Who's Your Mama, and we had to get there at 4 a.m. or something. How was your parking experience at the uh, timeout market? Oh, it was a dream. <laughs> 4 a.m. is really, like, prime, oh, prime time. Is that really time. What time you had to show up? Yeah. Wow, same time as the pod. <laughs> there was... What a convenient, what a coincidence. <laughs> There's no one there. It's the mm-hmm. only. It's really the only time to visit the West Loop. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I live in the West Loop. I cannot I tell you that's true. I, we we did uniforms. We parking. did aprons for Timeout Market when they first opened, and I delivered them. And it was, I drove around for 45 minutes just trying to find a loading zone I could pull up. That's I why believe I, that's it. Why I asked. No, I, I left extra time. Pod. I thought yeah, Tim has been triggered. I've been triggered. <laughs> I'm spiraling. Trigger, trigger warning. Parking. Yeah, parking. Anyone sensitive to parking in the West Loop, do not listen. Yeah, well, next time you deliver there, just tell them you'll deliver, but it has to be between the hours of 3 and 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's the key Night slot. shift janitor. So how did the competition go? Was it live at a certain time? Yeah, it was live. I think it aired around 7 or 8, and... Um, it Why would, did you have to get there at four if it wasn't? Aaron? There were a lot. Of, there's a lot of teasing that's happening. Yeah, wow. So they have everyone. You know, they set you all up, and they have. Are you like nervous this whole time? No, I was just tired. <laughs> yeah, you were sleeping this whole time. I was pretty much asleep the whole time. Yeah, we. Um, they told us to bring friends and family. I was like, who is going to want to be there <laughs> at four in the morning? But much to my surprise, a bunch of um, the staff and their family. It that's turns cool. out, if you're over the age of like 55 love good morning america and yeah. so a lot of really? my staff's parents were like jazz that's awesome um and they drove in from like the suburbs or down Whoa. from wisconsin for a chance to be on good morning america yeah so, for a chance to park in the west loop exactly yeah um yeah everyone showed up and they had coffee and snacks for people and huge crew and they had you know everyone set up on 
like teams, a lot of mascots. Benny the Bull was there. I don't know. Wow. Benny, the Bull. Benny or Double? Because they're different. Was he doing tricks? Was he doing backflips? Because that's double. No, but if no tricks. If it was just a big-headed guy, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Benny the Bull. Yeah. Not his real head. No, no, not the not that it's the mascot's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a prosthetic uh, bull head. But the dude underneath has a huge head. <laughs> yeah, had well, to... I think the bull is like a skilled guy. Like he's yeah. a gymnast. Well, Benny is skilled in different ways. Yeah, social. Sure, social. social. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. spilling the popcorn. Actually, no, I guess that's the bull too. Anyway, he gives great hugs. Oh, okay, man. that was definitely Benny then. The, yeah. the best bear hugs of any bull I know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they had us standing there with signs and um my staff had made a bunch of signs handmade signs one of them was a giant piece of poster board that said uh pass the j <laughs> and that one was confiscated oh my oh, gosh no. they were like this isn't morning tv friendly yeah. so we're gonna they should have written that j in curse if no one would have known <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did, but the crew was old enough to to see right through it. Um, How was the Hoosier Mama team turnout? Uh, Also strong. Nice. Strong turnout. Was there any sort of actual like competitive feeling that you had doing it, or you were like, whatever happens is cool? Yeah, whatever happens. Yeah. I did hear. Did hear from someone that someone on the Hoosier Mama team did say quietly. Let's settle this rivalry once and for all. Oh my wow. gosh! Wow. So maybe and you're like, I didn't even know on. there was a rivalry. I didn't Neither either. Did she. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, yeah, wild. Um, but no, everyone was super nice. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you okay? So the pie, the pies are brought prepared, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, how many judges are tasting them, and how long was it until you found out who won? Uh, it was all very fast and live. So Joe Flam from Rosemary was yeah. there, one of the judges. And then um, three judges total, two, one radio and one television personality. Mm. Um, and they taste live on air, and then they've got little, like, you know, signs for each one that they can hold up. And so wow. we found out, you know, when everyone else did live. So was it, like, two to one? Was it three? It's two to one. What was wow. Who's Your Mama's Pie? It was a pumpkin chiffon. Pumpkin spice. Okay. Seasonal. 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 Hmm. Um, I didn't get to try it. No. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Did you leave a pie for them? We left yeah, a bunch right of pie. I don't know. Who... <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, we, we left pie. I don't know that they wanted to to try it. They were... we, we ran into Michael from Bang Bang yeah, uh, like Rose. the week before yeah. Thanksgiving, and he said... They had to like cap the pie orders, and it was just mayhem. They Sim- are similar experience. Yeah, for sure. We don't do nearly the kind of volume that Michael does. Like our kitchen is roughly the size of this table we're sitting at. So a um, thousand feet by a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think we did something like eight hundred that week, and I think M- Michael they do four or five thousand pies that week. Wow. They, like, yeah, I think rent he said a they truck. Cap, cap it at five. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's but insane. those wooden boxes that you guys do you still do them? We don't have them anymore. My father-in-law and the, loves that wooden box. That's really surprise possession of his. That is a business idea that I am kicking myself. I didn't come up with oh, the wooden, the wooden pie box. Pie box. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. I tried it's... to get one for my dad for Christmas a few years ago, and it was completely sold out. Yeah. I think it was on Food Fifty Two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. 
It's a box. We've made custom wooden boxes. Let's do it. They're lovely. Yeah, they're we'll lovely. Gonna, are you going to bring them back? If we can get them. The oh, last time you've I been tried, trying to yeah. get them, and they ha- I got you. She, they've been out of stock. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, Let's I have one. I love it. Let's hmm. do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. I support stock efforts. Yeah. All to right, make these fine. wooden pie boxes. All right. I need you guys to sign this NDA. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what sort of trademark there is on that box. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was a pretty one. I doubt there's though. a patent. Um, also, the mug, they have that surprise possession oh, as well. I love those mugs. I wish we could get more of them. Yeah, they're sweet. They're, they're gone forever. What? They don't make those either anymore? Mm-hmm. What's the deal? Someone, it was, those were made by um, Homer Laughlin, and the, <laughs> I think they were sold to another company and they discontinued that real nice like faceted yeah that's so sweet um There's, so yeah that was huh. like the last we got 150 of them at the time and we have a few at the shop but mostly we sold them and that wow. was it tell me about these mugs yeah they're well they're it's like a ceramic it's the mug? tower model yeah if you want to get technical <laughs> um it's yeah it's a ceramic mug it's like kind of a classic yeah it's sort of like the classic diner style shape but faceted instead of just smooth all around Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got our our logo in dark green on it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's cool. They're I'll nice send you little. a picture when I'm in the burbs. Yeah, we'll remake that too. We're gonna start a whole shop. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's move back. Yeah. Let's go back. Where did you begin making food? Maine. That's wow. where I'm from. You're okay. from Maine. I'm from Maine. Very okay. very rural Maine. And that's why you went to Amherst. To UMass Amherst. Yeah, I or wanted, Hampshire. I went to Hampshire and then, and then UMass uh, Amherst. Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a flip flopper. <laughs> I, I think I went to like four colleges. Before Hampshire I was wild. Graduated. I remember touring it and just yeah. being like, this place is really cool. Very creative people, mm-hmm. but like not a lot of structure. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I would thrive here or just totally flounder. It was like it really messed with my head when I checked it out on on a college tour. Where else did you visit? Um, we kind of went all over, like New England and the East Coast. Um, yeah, I mean, like you just couldn't get checked out. Like Hamilton Union, yeah. we went. The first place I saw was University of Richmond, where I ended up going. Okay. Yeah, not you know, it's no a West super Coast schools. No West Coast schools. Wow. Yeah. But you're you're a West Coast. Yeah, I'm from baby, LA. Right? Yeah. yeah. My dad's from Boston, but my parents have lived in L.A. forever. Got it. Um, forever to me. My mom yeah. actually forever for her <laughs> whole life. My dad for a very long time. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I always remember seeing Hampshire. It was, like, such a distinct It's a weird vibe. place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked the no structure aspect of it. I don't, don't thrive with structure. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of things about it that were, like, a little too experimental um if you're gonna pay you know 40 grand a year yeah. or whatever it was like, I, like what um i think that i ended up well i transferred to umass amherst and that's yeah. a much more traditional school and i think it turned out that i liked having um i liked listening to the professors talk more than my fellow students who didn't know what they were talking yeah. about smaller <laughs> class sizes i assume i mean amherst it's part of umass but it's yeah no, yeah. At, at the time, it was probably number one liberal arts school. Well, that's different Amherst. Amherst. Oh, my thing. Same town. Yeah, same yeah. town. Oh, yeah. yeah. So is there a rivalry there? I No, they actually, like, all of those schools, all of those, like, sister schools, you can, that's one of the cool things about going there is if you go to Hampshire, you can take classes at UMass Amherst, 
um, Amherst. Okay, so you're like in the Holy network. Now Smith, yeah, the, the five college network. So cool. you actually have the ability to take classes everywhere. And cool. I did some of that, and that was that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm still, the friends that I have from that time of my life are my closest friends from college. They're the ones showing up to pie contests at four that's in the right. morning. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I left after, I think it was just a year and a half there. And yeah. I took some time off and um, went back to Maine for a little while and traveled a little bit and then ended up transferring back to UMass Amherst and graduating. And was food on your mind during this time or no? Yeah, I, I always worked like my summer jobs were in bakeries. Um, I had started working at a little bakery in the town where I grew up when I was about 15 um, and worked as a waitress and bartender. And like, we're, I grew up in a town of 800 people, so it's easy to get a job if yeah. you're like a summer job. Were you um, baking in this bakery or you were like working register? Yeah, I was baking. Cool. Um, it was this really cool place called Food for All was owned by a husband and wife and they had a commercial bakery in the basement of their home wow um and they were they knew me through my family and they knew that i liked to bake and they gave me like total freedom they give me a recipe and be like good luck let me know if you need anything <laughs> what was your first thing that you made uh the thing i remember making a lot of was date bars hmm. it was a sort of like crunchy granola kind of bakery like yeah. a lot of whole grains and stuff sweetened with fruit juice and like that's the area where I grew up it was a lot of back to the land like, people who'd moved from the city my, my mom's from Chicago my dad's from New York they ended up in the middle of nowhere Maine in the 70s <laughs> um so yeah it was a, a very sort of liberal progressive kind of kind of place with crunchy food yeah yeah descended from hippies yeah me too yeah not Danny. <laughs> what are you descended from? <laughs> I think my dad was uh, was a hippie. Uh, hard to say what my mom's I think vibe was. was a little, yeah, little I think at that time. Yeah, it was a touch of, touch of hippie in everyone. It was exactly, going around. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, my dad's yearbook photo is just total hippie. So funny. I wish I should, I should put that up on <laughs> Tell the, me about on. the hair. What, what's happening yeah, with the hair? Yeah, it's so long. Tie-dye like, just parted, yeah. but, like, so long. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. How flared were the pants? Yeah, I couldn't see the pants in the yearbook photo, but I'm assuming they were quite flared. Not even on the hacky pack? <laughs> hacky, never mind. <laughs> hey, Matt, we'll take that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your first official job in the industry? Not, like, a summer job, but, like, really digging in or did you have like a career before no i mean i the workforce is like a nine to five or at all never good I, for you <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i pretty much never i don't think i would have d done well there um, when i first moved to chicago i got a job i had a bunch of part-time jobs i worked at kaler travel for a little while selling suitcases for like a mm. hot minute and i worked as a personal assistant um, and I was teaching Argentine tango when I first moved here. Whoa. Um, how's your tango? Uh, it's pretty good. Wow. It's pretty good. How did you get into that? I spent a few months in Argentina when I took time off from Hampshire. Where in Argentina? Right in Buenos Aires. Oh, that's, I lived there after college. Really? Yeah. What neighborhood? Um, so first I lived in Almagro. Then, okay. Or first we lived in Palermo because there was a, a friend. But then I lived in Almagro. And then I think I stayed in Almagro the whole time that I was there. But nice. like, yeah, we weren't like we'd hang out in Palermo or like Re Recoleta. Yeah. But, you know, but it was 
It was a sweet time. Yeah. I mean. How did you end up there? Yeah, I was a Spanish major in college. And so I had done like Spain abroad twice in college. And then after college, I really had this like romantic idea of living somewhere else with Spanish and being in South America. And like some friends had done Buenos Aires for their semesters abroad. And that's just kind of like how it was in my mind. And a friend and I like were like, let's do it. Let's move down there. Um, Were you like, where can I get the blandest pizza of anywhere (laughs) in South America? Yeah, the most baked empanadas. Yeah. uh, The blandest pizza. (laughs) A lot of quilmes. Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing. I wish I had learned to dance tango, though. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I did while I was there. I, I probably missed out on one or two other things, but um, yeah, I loved it. So I, when I moved here, I ended up um, meeting someone who owned a cafe over on Ashland, which is gone now. It's called the Ritz Tango Cafe. Hmm. And he and his wife were from Argentina and um, they ran a coffee shop and taught dance classes. And so he and I became teaching partners. Wow. Um, and I did that for a few years, but that was not a full-time job, so. Do you ever dance tango anymore? Occasionally, occasionally. I miss it, but it's like a very late night activity and spinning jay is a very early morning activity. So those two things don't really Unless you just dance into the into the morning. Which is what they do in Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. Stay up until seven, go get breakfast. A lot of late nights. Yeah. Dinner at midnight. Was there overlap? What year were you there? I was there in two thousand two. Yeah, it was there in 09. Yeah. They were, yeah, they were still talking about you by the time Danny got <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Best it, American tango dancer. Dina? <laughs> yes, yeah. That was me. Uh, yeah, so I had a lot of odd jobs when I first moved here, um, but I didn't really want to be in hospitality. I'd done that for what felt like at that time an eternity already, and I was like, you know what? I'm ready for something else. Like, I yeah. don't... Um, I'd seen a lot of um, small businesses evolve over the years. And I was like, this looks hard. I don't yeah. think I want to do this. Now, was, did it end up being harder than you thought or easier than you thought? Um, about as hard as I remember seeing it. I mean, difficult in ways that I don't think I could have ever understood as a, you know, 20-year-old. But yeah, um, yeah that I mean, is true. you guys know it's hard. That's right. It's rough. How old were you when you opened Spinning Jay? I think I was 30 when we opened, um, and I had been, I had a business before that um, called Cheap Tart Bakery, which was started as a joke, and then the name kind of stuck, but I worked out of Kitchen Chicago, um, and I, it was just me and some very part-time help, and I had been doing that for almost five years. Whoa. Um, Whoa. And doing, like, working out of my home and baking scones at 3 a.m. every day to drive to coffee shops and it was exhausting and so I was pretty much I was like yeah I think I'm done yeah um and I think that you know I was in my late 20s when that happened and then um a friend told me hey there's this place in Humboldt Park uh and I heard the landlord wants to put an ice cream shop in there and I was like well I've been thinking about opening a pie and ice cream shop like maybe I'll give him a call um and I, I did, and we hit it off, and it's like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. I guess we're... Wow. How long did it take from the commitment, the verbal commitment with the landlord to when you actually opened the doors? It was about a year. Um, <coughs> I think we 
signed a lease in October of 2014, and then we opened the next summer in 2015. So it was, I mean, we were doing it all on such a shoestring. It yeah. was like, oh, this, this won't be that hard, or this part won't be that hard, and like, we can, surely we can do that. And it's like, oh, and then you find out there's not adequate electrical, <laughs> and you have to bring in $15,000 worth of electrical work before you can even put yeah yeah it's a so, lot it's a lot so now that corner is packed what what did it look like at that time there Cl- was, clipper was still there the clipper was still rootstock. there rootstock was there they yeah they opened before we did by a few years and i think that was it there was um well no was knockbox was still there um in the old cafe marie jean space but they closed shortly thereafter mm-hmm. and there and then right around the same time we opened, um, the place that was Haywood opened. Oh, yeah. Um, and they weren't around for a super long time. And that became like two other things mm. before it closed again. It's still vacant. When you were just doing Cheap Tart Bakery and, you know, driving the production goods all over the place, yeah. uh, were people like, oh, you should open up a shop? Like, had the idea been marinating at that point? Yeah. I, I think I realized that um, not being able to have any contact with the people who are actually consuming what you make is not very satisfying. Yeah. Like, did you just, like, hang out, sneak in the hedges it, outside yeah, the coffee totally. shop and watch someone enjoy one of your treats? <laughs> exactly. I would just part the blinds. Yeah, part the crate. blinds. Yeah. And um, be like, oh, they're liking it. <laughs> and if someone didn't seem to like it, you just busted back in the coffee shop and exactly. asked a bunch of questions in rapid fire. Totally. How did you know? Were you there? Did <laughs> yeah, I was there? one of those customers. Yeah, I was one of those guys. <laughs> I've been waiting to confront <laughs> yeah, you about yeah. it. You're like, wait, you didn't eat that fast enough. What was wrong with it? Too dry? Too dry. Yeah. Was it a little, mm, was a little dry. soggy bottom? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I did pastries for Big Shoulders Coffee around when they were opening. They were our biggest client. Um but I thought, yeah, I think I want a brick and mortar. Like eventually, that w- that'd be cool if we could find something. I spent a lot of time looking for the right spot, and I lived in Humboldt Park at the time, and nothing seemed like the right spot. Uh, and I was like, of course, I would never open anything anywhere that wasn't already a food service establishment because you have to put <laughs> so much into it. And then, of course, <laughs> we moved into something that was an art gallery. But. Yeah, I mean, but the detail work in Spinning Jay is so sweet. Thank you. I mean, it took me years until. I remember like looking up and seeing like the giant kind of like um like the taps. Yeah, like, the draft arms with the, yeah, yeah. the lights. Yeah. Yeah, it took me I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. A lot we, of thought went into it. Thank you. Clearly. Yeah, I was um I was that was my full time job for like that year was doing a lot of the the design and my ex husband was working at the time and um helping to you know, support us so that I could do that. And turns out, like, if you don't pay someone to do the things that they're good at, it takes you a lot longer because you don't know what you're doing. That's right. So. It's like you save money but lose time. Exactly. Exactly. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. 
It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. Come back. Yeah, can we come back to talk about this opportunity that... It was a baking job, okay. um, working for Arismendi. I don't know if you guys know. It's like a worker-owned collective. Okay, um, so before Spinning J opens, there's an opportunity to go west. Yeah. And that you declined to yeah. move forward with Spinning J. Yeah, exactly. So how far along was Spinning J at that point? Was it like a oh, major decision? Oh, it, was, it wasn't... Um, it was just a twinkle in the eye. Oh, okay. So it's not like you had a lease already, and you were like, <laughs> no, "Oh, no, I, no. I have to back out and scrap this whole project." No, it was okay. um, it was years before that. A few oh, years okay. before that. That's interesting. Um, but I had always wanted to move to California, and I saw this job, and I was like, "This is great!" Like, worker owned seems like the way to go because you're not like the only one on the hook for everything. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like. Um, a good place to start in San Rafael. Like, it was beautiful. I'd gone out there for an interview and um, really, really loved it, but didn't work out. Ended up staying put. Um, and I'm glad I did. Like, yeah. I, I really, I think at the time I hadn't been in Chicago for very long and I didn't have much of a sense of community here. Yeah. Um, I had moved out here to be closer to my sister and then she ended up moving away. So I had no more family here. Uh, and I was just like, I'm not sure this is my spot. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Where'd yeah. sister move? Sister moved back to, well, she, she lives in Maine now, but she got a job um, with the Coast Guard in D.C. She's a lawyer. Oh, wow. So she'd been working at a firm here. And then she got um, a job uh, working in D.C. She was there for like five years. Uh, and then she and her husband moved to Maine. So all my family is now back in Maine. That's cool. Do you go back often? About once a year, um, minus COVID. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah. a wrinkle in everyone's schedule. Totally. Yeah, I try and go once a year. It's it's still one of my favorite places. Yeah. Who else was from Maine on the pod? Was it uh... <laughs> <laughs> just a second to ruminate about past podcasts? Yeah. You're from Maine. Another, no, Amy. Another Amy. Amy yeah. It was Amy because yeah. we had like a big uh... Amy Kavanaugh. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had know that. a lot of lobster roll talk. Yeah, we did. She yeah. told us the best spots and Lobster everything. talk. Yeah, lobster <laughs> talk. Exactly. <laughs> um, how was, like, what were the, kind of, like, run us through the challenges of the first few years of Spinning Jay versus, like, today? Um, well, I didn't sleep for, like, two years. Yeah. I literally had a cot in the basement in my office where I would, like, lie down for a couple of hours and then get up and do it again. So, like, from 3 p.m. to, like, what were... We had weird hours in the beginning, and I don't remember exactly what they were, but it was, like, we thought we were going to be more of a dessert place, and so we were, like, open later in the day. Mm. Um, And it was myself and then we had three employees who sort of a couple of them helped me in the kitchen but they all were baristas too and and did work the front um but it was just i mean i remember standing by the front door like there's no one in there place is empty i'm looking outside there's paper on the windows of every shop around us (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i just remember thinking like what hell have I done like I would not be surprised if I saw a tumbleweed roll across the street (laughs) like there is nobody here there's no foot traffic 
Um, we're like this little niche place. Nobody knows who I am. Like I've no like Chicago pedigree. Like no one's writing articles about the pastry chef from somewhere that opened her own place. Um, so that was part, like the neighborhood was part of it. There wasn't a lot going on. Was there anticipation though? Did you know things were gonna start moving west? I had a feeling like yeah. I had lived on the west side of Humboldt Park already for yeah. a number of years. Um, and I think I just felt like, you know, that intersection, the buildings are beautiful. It's like a, a corner location um, in a neighborhood where I know a lot of people are moving because they're getting pushed out of Logan Square and Wicker mm -hmm. Park. And yeah. um, I think it just, the building felt like the right spot. And I had faith that we would eventually, that people would just come to see us, even if the whole neighborhood didn't blow up. But things changed so quickly. Yeah, what kind of catalyzed the change? Um, I think, so the coffee shop that used to be in the back of the Clipper um, opened like almost around the same time we did. Uh, and then Cafe Marie Jean opened six months mm. later, and um, Haywood, Dante's, you know, there are various iterations of something. So, so many things opened within a year that it became sort of a, a destination because people were curious about what was going on. How did the menu change? Like, what was the menu at the very beginning, and how did that evolve? It was um, mostly just pie and, like, a lot of the baked goods we have now, pie, scones, quiche, um, but I would say one in every four people who walked through the door came in to order a sandwich, which we didn't have. <laughs> and I think eventually I just sort of like threw my hands up and I was like, all right, people want sandwiches. Like, I guess we're making sandwiches now. There's some great oh, sandwiches. Thanks. Thanks. Well, so we hired this amazing bread guy. Um, and that was sort of the beginning of everything. He was, he used to work for, um, uh, he did the bread at Baker Miller when they first oh, opened. Mm -hmm. And I remember when he applied for a job, I was like, this guy can't, like, surely this is a mistake. Like, he's, he's, too, he's too fancy to want to work here. Um, but he came in, we hit it off, and he just started um, baking bread overnight. And he's been there ever since. He's been there for seven years. Wow. Um, every night. I think he's missed one night of work in seven years. Whoa. He's, oh, my God might not be human uh, he's <laughs> but incredible. with like a normal two days off yeah yeah he gets two days off um and Whoa. our pastry manager had recently started working there too and uh they are a couple now and they've been together for like five years so like Whoa. he works nights she comes in when he, he's finishing she works all day and they've got i don't know how they make it work but they make it work wow um and they've both been there now for forever so as far as like the bread you just answered that um, but uh, what about like the construction? What goes on the sandwich? What is inside of it? Those are my my recipes. As much of as a sandwich has a recipe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say like I want a rye bread for such and such a sandwich, and Rich will be like, all right, well I make this rye. It's got burnt onions and coffee in it. I'm like, great, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, and it's of it's course like a delicious. bread savant. Yeah, he's really he's he's touched. What he's, do you think? Like your kind of like greatest attribute is as far as spinning J and kind of the products that you serve? Um, that's a good question. I, I mean, everything that we make there is 
more complicated than it should be. It's like, it all made sense when we were making 24 of something. Yeah. And like now with that you're making 200 of something, mm. it's not quite as, uh, doesn't make so much sense anymore. But um, yeah, everything is still pretty small batch and really like attention to detail uh, and all the same recipes that I brought in that have been improved upon and changed by everyone who's come into that kitchen. It's like, it's very collaborative. Um, so maybe that's the answer to your question. It's like, it's, I think that I facilitate collaboration and the people who have been in that kitchen now mostly have been there for five, six, seven years. Um, and they're just like salt of the earth. Did you feel like your palate was always like at a certain level? Did you feel like baking and pastry were intuitive for you or, you know? Yeah, I, th I think so. I, um, I always loved baking and did it from a, a really early age. Um, and I never felt the need to go to culinary school because I felt like I learned so much on the job and I was fortunate to work for people who were willing to be like, yeah, try it out, see what happens. They gave me a lot of freedom. Um, so yeah, I, I think I had a knack for it, but uh, I also learned a lot from people who were willing to give me a shot. Yeah. Do you still taste all of the items that you serve? Oh yeah. How frequently? Um, like when's the last time you had the Strata? probably been a little while for the strata although i'm never sick of it it's more like i can't eat this every <laughs> day but yeah i mean i every week anytime we have something new that we're testing um i taste it we adjust it um i, I eat a sandwich most days that i'm there yeah um, do you ever taste something you're like whoa this is way off and then you're like let's toss this we gotta remake i don't think we've ever had anything that was that that off but definitely like there is not enough salt in this. Like, did anyone season the soup this morning when you, like, started heating it up? Like, that kind of thing. It's like, it yeah. always has to be. I, I did a quality check on the breakfast sandwich today. How'd it, it go? Was, it was perfect. Oh. <laughs> Which one we did you do? We got a new line cook. I got just the standard one with the... The poblano? Sausage. No, oh, no, sorry. no. Yeah. The, that good, good slagle sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you can do the poblano one and add the sausage. Yeah, yeah but pro, I, did, I didn't do that. That wasn't in my assignment <laughs> this morning. <laughs> You should. Next I highly time. Tomorrow recommend morning. It. Yeah. I'm going to fresh start. Do you Delicious. live in a neighborhood? No. But he's not. West, I went, oh, I went out of my way. To no, but you could. Sandwich. Your route there's not bad. Grand oh. to like, you know. Well, Grand's under construction, Danny. Oh, that's rough. It will oh, be yeah. forever Grand as far as. Grand is <laughs> yeah, very Indefinitely right under construction. But they still have. Yeah. I mean, it's always a one lane. Yeah. Each way situation. It's still a one lane. You just have to go slow on some parts of it. It's yeah, not much different. I've been getting stuck. And this is this is interesting to talk about, <laughs> but I take Grand to come record the pot here. I yeah. take Grand up to, in the flying uh, car or the car on the ground. No, I, I take my uh, terrestrial uh, <laughs> vehicle, and uh, Your you can get stuck scooter? behind that Grand bus, and it's a nightmare, man. Yeah, that's you if you're behind, get stuck the bus. behind that Grand bus. So, yeah. what's an alternate route? Chicago, Augusta. I mean, yeah, yeah Augusta's Augusta. where it's at. Yep, Augusta's a great, great East Wester. Best uh, best car wash in the city. Glitz. That's right, Glitz. That's right. Danny turned me on Glitz. <laughs> yeah. That logo, man. You can't. You can't. <laughs> it's all about that logo. It's no, no they, they do logo. a great job. It's my favorite font. That's yeah. yeah. What font is that? <laughs> the font's actually it's called very Glitz. Fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh, Santa's Workshop oh is the name God. of that <laughs> font. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? 
Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. Are there any plans to do, like, have you thought of doing other spinning J's? Have you thought about, like, doing commercial production, expansion? I, yeah, I mean, I've thought about, I've thought about a lot of things, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> and ruled most <laughs> of them We all have, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's easy to, to, when things are going well, to be like, well, it wouldn't be that bad to just start doing X, Y, or Z, and then you start thinking about what actually would go into it. Yeah, it's like, a lot. Why, why would I do that again? Um, yeah, we've been, we, we ran out of space at 1000 North California about five years ago, and we just kind of like keep hitting our head against the wall and being I like, mean, there, is it worth going anywhere else? I mean, there was a second where you were going to take over part of the Clipper space, or you were thinking yeah, about I, it, right? Yeah, I, I tried. Yeah. I, I put in my request. <laughs> my, my bid was declined. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we wanted to take over what had been CC Ferns. Um, didn't work out. With the most recent shuffling around? Yeah, when, yeah. when they moved like, out. Yeah, two years ago, was it? I think they left right at the start of COVID. Yeah. So yeah. that was um, 2020. And um, yeah, it hasn't, the right thing has not presented itself. So it's like we're, we're open to doing something new. Um, but especially now when I think about how expensive it is to make anything new, build anything new, it's just like we're, we just dug ourselves out of the COVID ditch. And yeah, now it's uh, like, do I want to go back into debt doing this all over again? Yeah. Like, well, is your schedule at least more manageable now than it was in the first couple of years? It's amazing. Nice. It's like we're open half the hours we used to be open, and we're really pleasantly surprised that people were willing to come in during those six hours. Like maybe before, they're like, "Oh, we'll just go later." Yeah. So we we're open nine forever. to three, right? Nine to three, five days a week instead yeah. of seven a.m. to nine p.m. Six days. I mean, a week. yeah, that <laughs> that is quite different. Yeah. What were we thinking? Yeah. Well, you had those pizza nights. Yeah, those were. I do kind of miss the pizza nights. Those were yeah. a fun. That was a fun. You could teach Argentina how to make them. That's right. <laughs> they wouldn't mind, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I never made a pizza night. What style of pizza are we talking here? It's Sicilian style, like slab pizza. Okay. And we used to do. It's crazy to, to say this. It was ten bucks. You got a big piece of pizza, salad from Wirt Farms, and a soda. Wow. Um, and we were BYO, so people could bring whatever they wanted, and it was. It was jamming in there on Friday nights. It was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, now we're not open at night. And we're not BYO anymore. So Yeah. Do you think you'd ever go back to not the full crazy hours that once existed, but maybe some special Friday nights or yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, we have been talking about that. We've had a couple really fun events, um, like little pop-up collaborations with um, staff that have side hustles like one of the gals that works for us has a farm in southern illinois and so we had a like a little farmer's market for them a couple weeks ago uh, and we're having an event next week um, with some like art and jewelry and stuff that the other crew makes so it's fun to do stuff at night even if it's not a regular event it's like a 
I think a, an inviting space to be in in the evening with the lights down low. And, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a great vibe. So what's there. next week? Is that like a holiday market? Yeah, type it's thing? like a little holiday market cool. on the twentieth. Um, and we have someone from um, Cream Wine coming in, tasting some wine, and uh, people can buy some gifts and some pie and just kind of hang. Cool. Yeah. Just no pie boxes. No pie boxes. Uh, Until yeah. Tim produces them. Patent pending. Seriously, <laughs> get on it. So maybe more to like the kind of a- advice section of the pod or this interview, like as a business owner, what kind of words of wisdom would you share to someone trying to embark on a similar path? Um, I would definitely tell them to be patient and remember that what you think is going to take like six months is probably going to take a year at least. Um, and yeah, I think patience is the big one. Like there was a lot of panicking early on. Like what if no one finds out that we're here and like, it's so quiet. There's no one in here at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but people like, if you're doing something worth supporting people find you yeah um so just like don't don't panic too early on like people, people will get there save the panicking yeah save um, the panicking you ref- for a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> you referenced like one of your skills uh as facilitating collaboration in a, in a positive way yeah. what do you think it is about your leadership style that is conducive to that or how can someone else who maybe doesn't have that I, ability learn yeah i i think i mean i I'll take a little credit, but I think part of it is if you find the right people, um, people that you can trust, then that sort of happens naturally. Like the crew that I've been working with, I don't think we had that rapport right from the start. We It took some time to, to build that and to trust each other. But um, I think people aren't used to being trusted and given that sort of autonomy. And so they want to show you that they can you know do right by you and um, we've really built that rapport over time. Um, and your people are your biggest asset. Like truly, it's like, that's the reason I like going into work in the morning is getting to work with some of my best friends and, um, really talented people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trust and the ability to delegate, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, it probably totally. helped, too, that you were leading by example, sleeping in the business <laughs> yeah. and uh, all that Everyone stuff. Had, there was a brief hazing period for yeah. the employee totally. where they yeah. didn't sleep there. No, I, I, I think Rich, our bread guy, said, yeah, I remember when I came in for an interview, I saw you were sleeping in the basement, and I was like, all right, she's the real deal. Like, <laughs> I guess I want to be a part of this. <laughs> We, Has anyone else ever slept on that cot other than you? No, we retired that cot after <laughs> – maybe it was uh, – yeah, after year one, it seemed like it was. It's not. It's not a nice basement to sleep in. Yeah. It was a little creepy. Out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's in the rear view at this point. Yeah, I slept over at a business uh, before. I mean, I slept over at Scofflaw before it opened, just to meet a Tyler very early in the morning after we had been doing renovations. How early stuff. was the Tyler coming in? Like it was, he had another job. The crack. So I think he was like trying to, no, it was like six or something. Like it was some, it was like very early because he was trying to do some stuff before something else. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll be there, you know? And that was like the only choice you had to try to get the tiling of the bathrooms done before we open. Um, And then, yeah, once before I was working at Perennial before 
you know, perennial Verant for the Boca group back in the day. And we were just, we worked a lot of like clopens and doubles and the hotel wasn't really built yet. So like, but there was still like kind of some furniture and this other bar back and I, we, we slept over one night it was just like so surreal to do that. And then you like wake up and you're working in like the same stuff in the same uniform. It's kind of grimy, but yeah, you look back at desperate times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've definitely shared a lot of beds on road trips with the stock guys. When we were a menswear brand, we'd do road trips for uh, like Northern grade or American field. These like menswear pop-up markets that pop up around the country. And we'd like, we'd just pack up a van and leave it. Like one time we were finishing our inventory we had these jackets in production, and they finished at, like, 10 o'clock at night. We were at the factory packing everything, loaded up this van that we rented, and drove to New York straight through. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like the sun coming up, playing No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Those <laughs> 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 surreal moments. And then you stayed in Airbnb and sleep on the floor. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. leave your watch in the communal bathroom, and it gets stolen. Yeah. Those are the times we look back. That sounds pretty specific, Tim. Was that your watch that got stolen? It was, yeah. Oh my gosh. I left my phone at the bathroom in the bathroom at Spinning J one one weekend and I I walked out, realized I'd set it down, turned around, someone else had gone in. I waited for them to leave. They left. I walked in and it was gone. So it was that person? That guy. Oh my gosh. I walked after him and he's off like a shot. I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. I, maybe it was Tim trying to sell that to get money to buy the watch Probably. back. Probably, yeah. I thought you looked familiar. Spinning J bathroom. Tim, you've lost at 20... least multiple, at least two watches now. My other watch. I've no, I know about the second watch you lost. Danny was with me when I lost my second watch. We uh, we made some watch cases for a Chicago brand called Oak and Oscar. And <laughs> I thought you weren't going to tell them. <laughs> very nice. I, I haven't told Chase. I hope he's not listening to this. But uh, we yeah, made these it was really like, nice. I can't say anything about this watch. It's like super nice watch. Yeah. But now he's just telling it on the podcast. Here's, I love. So here's the story. So uh, this was early on in in Danny's relationship with golf, but it was opening day after COVID, like the first day that courses opened um Danny and I went golfing and I was wearing this new watch that I got uh it was like part of the deal we're like oh take the cost of the, our watches off the invoice because we made these watch cases for the brand and um there was like custom watch with like the <laughs> stock logo on it oh, one of god. three made oh god. And it was great so I was wearing it for the very first time out to golf with my friend Danny and uh we get to like I think it was like the third tee box. And I looked down and I'm like, oh shit, where's that watch? <laughs> <laughs> and we could not find it. Oh. Yeah, we reached him, retraced. We both retraced like at least the past couple holes. And then Tim like did a more thorough yeah. one. Yeah. And we could not figure out where it was. Yeah, went. we talked to the pro uh, yeah. at, the, at the shop and it never turned up. My, my assumption is it got hit by a lawnmower. Oh, wow. So now there are two in existence, oh. and they're owned by my business partners, Mike and Jim. Tragic. Yeah, it's sad. We'll just have to steal one from Mike or Jim. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then pretend that or they lost it. Or the stock it. logo. It was the old <laughs> yeah. stock logo. Retired. Wow. Oh, man. So I got it's bad, crazy. Bad watch luck. This is a story yeah. of heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, a lot Seriously. of loss. A lot of loss right here. Yeah. A lot of loss, but I'm stronger for it. Yeah. The thing that I was most sad to lose was uh, a vintage pair of Persoles for my dad that he didn't care about. They were like at my house in LA. One time I saw them, I was like, dad, can I take these? Like, yeah, no problem. And then I started wearing them. And it was before like all my sunglasses had prescriptions. And it was like one of those days in New York where it's like day into night. Mm -hmm. So in the day you wear sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And then when it's night out, you don't even think about sunglasses because there's no need for them. And like, 
couldn't figure out where I left them. And it's like, it still kills me to this day. And I've like since looked up the pair of glasses, but they're like, there's like a market for them, I guess. Yeah, vintage like for soul, crazy, man. Crazy, like thousands and thousands of dollars I was a pair say, of glasses that be. I had no idea. I thought they were just like, they were kind of trash. Like my dad didn't care about them, but Bad now. Bad condition. Yeah, it was so uh, frustrating. Yeah, brutal. Maybe yeah. like Tim's I would, watch. I would argue though that the the joy from finding something that you've lost outweighs the pain <laughs> of the initial loss. <laughs> like when you like, put on in the spring when you put on a jacket that you put in storage uh, for the winter and you and find you a stack find, of thousand dollar bills right yeah, in there. When you find your collection of <laughs> vintage thousand dollar bills. When you find There's the pockets no filled with Fabergé eggs and you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank the Lord. <laughs> I just lost a jacket like that. It's like an old vintage Levi leather jacket. And I, I'm not a jacket loser. Like, yeah. this is not something I do. And I went to get it out of the closet and I was like, it's gone. And I don't, I can't imagine where it is. But it's, I've, I've retraced my steps for like the last six months. It's like, well, that's gone forever. Wow. Some lucky son of a. Maybe Carmi took it to sell to buy meat in the bear. Did you watch the bear? I, I haven't watched it. I know. I know what okay, you're talking so, about. So you are in the avoidance sector. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. You're not alone in that. Yeah. yeah We've no. watched it, and it ended up being great. But there was a long time that I was kind of uh, Much reluctance reluctant. from yeah. Mr. Shapiro on yeah. watching sure. the bear. Yeah. I don't. It's good. I have enough stress. It's good. No, it. you'll like it. It's, yeah. it's really good. I think right. you should check it out. But okay. in the first episode, this isn't such a crazy spoiler, but he ends up having to sell these vintage Levi jackets to finance the beef order that's coming in, yeah. but they don't have money to yeah, pay for Yeah, they were short-shipped. So I think he snuck in and took your jacket. Probably. And it turned into a lot of Italian beef. I mean, it was worth at least 50 bucks, so that'll, that'll get <laughs> yeah. you pretty far. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, so wait, while I have you, what is what? Did, where does the name Spinning J come from? Oh God, it was such a. <laughs> I have never found a way to succinctly. I love that. I, 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 I read that it's from a, a it's from a necklace, like yes. a gra- grandma's necklace. Yeah. So it's short for Spinning Jenny, which is Just tell the a, long a name. version. All right. Yeah. When I was a little girl, <laughs> back in 1928. So it stands for Spinning Jenny, which is. One name for those maple seeds, people call like helicopters. Yeah, or like fall and spiral mm-hmm. down. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the walls at Spinning J are stenciled with Spinning Jennies. Hmm. Um, and the, there's like a big glass window in the kitchen that has them. There's like uh, Jimmies and Sprinkles. Yeah, exactly. Just the different words for it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I have a necklace that is belonged to my grandmother, and it's a, a silver Spinning Jenny. And it's a way of naming it after her because the soda fountain that we have came out of the soda fountain she used to go to when she was a kid. It came out of a soda fountain in Milwaukee. Wow. Um, and she's from, from Milwaukee? She's from Milwaukee. And well, you said your mom's from, from Chicago. Yeah. Dad's from Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my grandmother was uh, born in Milwaukee. The bar was built in 1928. Um, and it was like her childhood soda fountain. Wow! So she she That's passed a great away. Story. I'm so glad so, I yeah. asked. <laughs> yeah, that it's a little a convoluted, story. but um, no, it's cool. You know, it's it's just her name was Ethel, and I wasn't gonna name it. I lo- love you, love you, Grandma, but uh, it was a way. It was a, a nod Ethel. to her. 
and we found the bar, the soda fountain and the bar on Craigslist. It was like a wow. total fluke. Wow. Kismet. Serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. In, the, in the basement of a retirement home outside Milwaukee, and they were going to tear the place down. They were like, make us an offer on this pizza. It's wow. like solid marble. It's so cool. Don't make them like that anymore. It won't be any money, but we will name our place after exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. I, yeah. I, I was like, would you take $1,000? Like, yeah, great. Oh my God! Take as the bar, long as it's gone today, the stool. Yeah. yeah, that's so. Each cool. panel weighs five hundred pounds. Can you take it today? Oh my God! How did you move it? With a lot of help, and did you call up your bodybuilder friend. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, yeah, actually, one of my smallest friends helped us. Um, there were like five of us, and we got some pallets, rented a U-Haul, chipped the thing apart, like. It was so brittle. I can't believe that it made it back without breaking. And then it just was reassembled? Yeah. So it came apart into these giant slabs of marble. It's like the top is one color. It's it's dark green. And the front is a different color. And they're just these massive slabs. Um, And we put it back together once we got it here on like a plywood frame. Wow. But it's probably like that's its resting place, I think. (laughs) If anyone tried to move it again, I think it would just disintegrate. Oh, my gosh. That is a cool story. It is. It's a cool thing. It's still got the original like um, liquid carbonic uh, nameplate on the front. From it was made for this soda fountain in 1928, like a custom piece. Wow. Yeah. They um, don't make them like that anymore. They do Dana. not. So, if someone were to visit Spinning J for the first time and they could have one item, what would you instruct them to order? I would say. Get a piece of the key lime hibiscus pie with blueberry compote. Yep. It's the, the so signature good. pink mm-hmm. pie. Yep. Love that. Yeah. And if they had to get just one sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I would say get this poor, the poblano breakfast sandwich. The, the roasted beet Reuben. Oh, okay. Mm. That's right up Did Shannon's. Did I see you yeah. guys have a beet Reuben now? We do, yeah. I mean, I didn't Whoa, invent it. Whoa, Danny. Yeah, we just were Not like, cool, man. time to go right after Dinah. No, I, I didn't invent it. But no, yeah, Wesley... Um, who, yeah, one of our uh, yeah, let's throw a under team, the bus. Uh, I love, I submitted it. it, and it's great. I love a beet Reuben. I like yeah. it more than a, a meat Reuben. You should check it out. I intend to. My only issue is that it just becomes very slippery. Yeah, it's a real problem. Yeah, yeah. because like there's like a jarred, there's kind of like a jarred mayo situation and beets, and like it just slides apart. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's not the most structurally sound sandwich. So I put 50 toothpicks in it to mm-hmm. just keep it. Yeah. I think structural integrity of a sandwich is very important. Yeah. I like it to just is... eat it in one bite. I just ball it up <laughs> as tight as I can. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I puree it. it right in there. Yeah. Smoothie. Yeah. I mean, I'm no fool. Yeah. Shannon's go to is the Beach Street at Tempesta. That's yeah. her order. Mm. What's yeah. on that one? Beats are taking over the world. Um, I don't even know. I never get it. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a, B, a, I'm a B. Franklin guy. I'm a, yeah, I'm a real muffaletta guy. Oh, the muffaletta when they do that is great. Yeah. Love a muffaletta. Yeah. Especially Tempestas. It is special. Uh, that Johnny, the... Southside Johnny? Yeah, Southside Johnny is one of my favorite sandwiches over, yeah. over there. Gotta try it. Yeah. Never had it. I mean, Tempest is pretty solid. Another hot sandwich tip. You gotta get to Daisy's. Their sandwiches are amazing. My sister turned me on to that. Really? Daisy's I sandwiches. Mean, their pasta is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't a lot of good sandwiches. We've got a wealth of sandwich options. We should it's do a good. full sandwich episode. Good. Yeah. It's good to have a, a 
big catalog of sandwich yeah, yeah. options. I love that you were like, uh, I guess we'll do breakfast, or I guess we'll do sandwiches. No. <laughs> I guess we'll do it and <laughs> kill it. Yeah, and did such a great job. Well, thanks. It doesn't seem uh, like an afterthought. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it became, much to my surprise, like the bulk of what we do now is savory food. What's the number one selling item at Spain? Breakfast sandwiches. Which like, sandwich specifically? Um, that Chipotle sandwich with the kale and pepper sauce. Mm. It's, the, it's the one. Yeah. yeah. We sell a lot of those. Cool. Was I, did it become Chipotle? Is it poblano? It's both. It's, oh. Yeah, it's, um, roasted poblano peppers and chipotle peppers. Oh. Um, a, a pair of peppers. A couple of pair of peppers, a couple two tree peppers, <laughs> yeah. some uh, t- tomatoes, some smoked salt. Some, oh, so good. Yeah, some coriander. Mm. It's, I, that sauce is, it's a good sauce. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. Well, I think we're ready for the gratuity round, if you can handle it. I, oh, I think, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm all guava Take a up. sip yeah. of your, oh, yeah, your guava Sao Paulo. Yeah. yeah. If it's not from Sao Paulo, I don't want it. What's your whistle? Is it even guava? <laughs> yeah, is it even guava? <laughs> all right. Hit what's me. Your, what's your death row meal? It's probably got to be pho. Mm. Oh, okay. From where? From... A place in Vietnam. Oh, okay. Yeah, from yeah, from yeah. there's a, a little place in the Condao Island, Vietnam that makes the best pho wow. in my. What makes opinion. it good? How does it differ from something? We Was might it find like where here? they were cutting the meat right before they like? Did you see that part? Oh of yeah, it? they're they're doing it all. It's like this hole in the wall yeah. side of the street. That's thing. how it was in Hanoi and it was incredible. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. yeah I mean you know. <laughs> yeah. You know. Lots of pickled garlic and pickled chilies. Yeah, the pickled um, chilies are clutch. Yeah, and and fresh ground pepper, which they grow everywhere there. And mm. um I don't know, just really So good. Intense flavor, like not a gigantic bowl of it, like just the right yeah. size, just the right amount. I think my wife got two of them. Yeah. <laughs> she like had one and then got back. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I would eat that for most meals of, of uh, the day if I could. Do you have yeah. a first spot in Chicago? The my favorite place um closed, Lee's was on uh, Broadway. Um, um, up toward I- Argyle. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think High Yen is my favorite spot now. Okay. Danny, you made pho a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah. Like, uh, at like, home? Yeah. Yeah. I, you're like, yeah, not... come over for pho. And then you're like, this, I got, I got there, you're like, this sucks. Yeah, it's yeah, that's fair. Right. Yeah. No, it did suck. Uh, I thought I it was, was gonna... fine. I, thought, like, I think you just had to do a lot of seasoning after the fact. Yeah, I think you don't, it, it's one of those things, I mean, the analogy would be when you're cooking at home for yourself versus when you go into a restaurant, like, they're putting a lot more seasoning, like you just said, yeah. in it. Right. And amping it up, yeah. and when you're doing it at home, like you don't, you're like, oh, that I couldn't put that quantity of right. salt or MSG fish or whatever. Or, fish. Yeah. yeah, like you're like, mm, that doesn't seem right. So I think that was, I mean, that was my biggest 
Will you try it? Was that a New York Times recipe? Yeah, I think it was like a Melissa Clark. It, it was like a shortcutted uh, pho. Oh, um, here's your trouble. You can't yeah, shortcut yeah. a pho. No. <laughs> I think, like, I don't even remember. I think what happened was you could do it like in the, um, like in the, the pressure cooker. So like you can kind of like accelerate the, I mean, or you can't, but yeah. the, the logic was that you could accelerate like the extraction of the, from the, of the bones into the stock yeah. Yeah. and make it like super rich in it in less time. There's no substitute for time. There really Melissa. isn't. No, there yeah. isn't. <laughs> yeah, you failed me. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, fuzz is a great answer. I love it. Yeah. All, All right. So much. Tim, Moving what's your favorite pho spot in Chicago? It's a great question. I actually just tried Fodega for the first time mm. a couple months ago. It was good. Sit sit there and look out at Ashland. <laughs> have a Beautiful pho. scenic Ashland. It's cool because they have like some packaged goods in there too. It's, it's the, the most cool convenient. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I do. I think I think you got to go to Argyle for the authentic mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Uh, all right, moving on. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? Hit us with something we haven't heard of. We're on a good streak, I think. I'm, I'm sure that you've heard of it. I, I would have to say the the snack corner in the back of Jungbu Market. Mmm, that's a good one. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure it's so you get hidden those anymore. Dumplings at the little takeout window. The They're dumplings are not huge. my jam. They're really not. My, I will, on the record, admit the same thing. People love those. Well, when you have three dollars and you're hungry, <laughs> that's. I agree, true. but like that's that's like a low bar to clear in terms of like. If you're asking for something delicious, what do you get there? I well, I was just there yesterday, and okay. I got the kimchi stew, which was phenomenal. I'd never had that before. It's really good. I like um, there's a, um, a another like beef and glass noodle stew that they have there, which is awesome. Mm, yeah. Even just the ramen, which is like instant ramen, but with a ton of kimchi and like an egg scrambled in there. Is this, is it like a little takeout window? No, it's like no, a, it's... you sit in there, you go into Jongbu yeah. and then go straight back and there's like, a, there's like a little display. Yeah. The groceries kind of block it, but if you like go around it. I don't think I've ever wandered right. back there. Yeah. I, every time I go yeah. to H Mart, I'm like, oh, I should pick something up to eat and I yeah. never do. Mm. It's worth checking out. It's yeah, a little, it is. it's, you know. 10 bucks for a ton of food, it's a lot really of rice good. and kimchi. And it's a good it's not far from here, Danny. It sure isn't. All right. What's your favorite fast food? I am not much of a fast food oh, person, Snob alert. Snob alert. I know. But if I had to choose, it would be fried chicken and probably Popeye's fried chicken. That's a popular answer. Yeah. I had a lot of Popeye's fans on, on yeah. the pod. Yeah. Before I moved here, I had never heard of Popeye's. Is that real? You Pretty moved much. from Louisiana, right? <laughs> yeah, and I came directly <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there were any Popeyes. What are the fried chicken LA? spots in LA? I mean, KFC. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, actually, I don't. I, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken, sure maybe. In, are there any on the East Coast either? No, I think it's a. I also didn't know that lettuce, um, like, was a big part of Popeyes, and they've done like a lot of work with Popeyes. Lettuce entertain you? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, on recipe consulting and stuff. Really? Yeah. Whoa, I did not know that. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to fact check that. Now. Yeah. Who's the snob now? Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> uh, what about Church's Chicken? Have you guys ever had Church's? I've never no. once had it, but... No, it's in, supposed uh, to be great. Yeah, in Seth Rogen's book, he says that's like one of his top three fried chicken spots. And you listen to everything Seth Rogen says. So I sure do. That works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, more specifically, his characters, not him himself. <laughs> Just his so. character from Pineapple Express. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Dinah, what's your favorite spirit? 
Jin. Jin. All right. Danny, what do you know about Jin? Mm, this nothing. Guy? Never this heard guy? of her. <laughs> Never heard of her. Yeah, what's your favorite gin? I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not fancy. I, I like a I like a dirty sapphire martini. Okay, cool. Or lots of other preparations. I like a salty cocktail. I like a savory cocktail. Yeah. Same. Tim's a huge savory daddy. We don't need to hear about the old ivory egg again. They <laughs> no, talk about it in every it's episode. A Billy it's a Billy Sunday cocktail. It's a retired Billy Sunday cocktail that I love <laughs> and I have to make every summer by myself at home. But anyway, so that's neither here nor there. Uh, all right. What trivia category would you dominate? Oh, you're going to want to not have me on your trivia team. <laughs> you're going to want to go ahead and find anyone You'll else. You'll bring the snacks. <laughs> totally. All right. I'll make drinks. I'll bring pie. Um, I am lousy at trivia i don't know what part of life i missed all of it Pop but yeah I, you worked yeah. i mean you're working i was i, I yeah i blame my parents <laughs> i'll take sleeping on cots for yeah. five thousand <laughs> i'll take a small town maine for a million exactly <laughs> all right uh to what do you attribute your success i think we maybe already covered it um yeah. collaboration yeah. or just yeah. dumb luck Mostly dumb luck. I'm dumb, and I was lucky. uh, No, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it seems that your personality was geared toward fostering like a collaborative environment. Yeah, I I think I I wanted um I wanted a community here, and the people who are a part of Spinning J, I think, wanted that too. So it's a it's a team effort. Nice. And then the last question: What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? How much time do you have? Oh, we got time. <laughs> just, we're just getting it. started. Yeah. Oh, man. This is just part one. Um, well, I'm <laughs> small plates, but I don't mean like a small plate of food. I mean the actual plate that is too small for what is being served. Oh, yeah. On oh. It. So you, can tr- you try eating and it like comes off. The yeah. Plate. And then you're just eating off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good one. That drives me I just like to take crazy. the table and just dump everything from everything onto <laughs> yeah. the table. And then, then you just said Alinea. Yeah. And then mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as long as there's still pat on the table first. <laughs> yeah. Um, dishes. I, yeah. Dishes actually are a big one. Wine served in juice glasses. Mm. I, I like it in you a like wine glass. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or at least something I can do a little little swirl in, you know? Yeah. This is a good gripe. This is, is the first we've heard of this one, but <laughs> I, I I agree. But it won't be the last. Yeah. yeah. The plate to food ratio yeah. really hits close to home. It's important. <laughs> yeah. Every dish at Tim's house is served on a saucer. <laughs> <laughs> we have dollhouse dishes. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the last question. So that yeah. is a wrap. Well, oh. unless there's anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to cover. I don't think so. Was, we covered it all, man. There and it. probably more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dinah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you very much. Fun. And that concludes our conversation with Dinah Grossman of Spinning J. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you can always find us on Instagram at JoinersPod for weekly cocktails inspired by our guests, as well as throwback photos of them every Thursday. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. Thanks for listening. See you next week.